Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. It's Mike again. Uh, quick, quick intro this week. We've got a longer intro next week where Paul will talk about his new stupid character. There's no other news or information. Obviously, we would love ratings and reviews and we would love it if you were to email us at uh, hello at billowinghilltop.com and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and all of the other usual places. That's it. Let's push on with episode 138 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, Island of Lost Souls. Second in New Zealand, guys. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's go. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello. I'm here with Graham and with Dan. Good evening. My favourite. Hello. Super furry animal. And with Paul. Hello. What's left of Paul. Yeah. And with Dr. Sabio Spider Lucas. Hello. But we've still got no Johnny. Johnny is still asleep, but hey, where we left things, where did we leave things? Oh, yes, 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 yes. We're about to try yet more <laughs> rules. <laughs> if you enjoy the submarine combat episode, dear reader, <laughs> then, uh, well, you're a very rare person you're indeed. In a group of and one. You might enjoy this. If you basically just fast forwarded through the submarine combat <laughs> episode, then only, well, only we could see you next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just just skip forward. I don't know what episode this is. What I don't I have no idea what episode this is going to be. I don't know what number we're on. But anyway, it's because we're going to run a race around the city of Frost. Yeah, Ben Hur. Yeah, basically on giant ice boars. Only one one lap. I think we should keep it to one lap. Don't you reckon? <laughs> Yeah, the idea that we're really enjoying ourselves. We get round to the beginning again, and it's like, fuck it, let's, let's have a second round. Yeah, We're going to have to feel our way here, because all of the rounds, the sequences, the times, the durations, the ranges, none of the D&D stuff really makes sense in a racing game. We've sort of nicked a bit of this from a game, I think which is called Crash Panda by Grant Howitt. He has a mechanic for running kind of comedy races that I have to say we should be doing, but I couldn't work out a way of organizing it. The way that this is going to work is that there are five of you crewing these boars. Each turn, we roll initiative. We'll get into that in a moment. Each turn, each of you must declare what you're doing with your actions. You can either accelerate using your goads, you can brake using the harnesses, you can steer using the harnesses, or you can elect to take what's called an action. And that basically means you can do anything. You can fire, your, well, you can't fire your bow because no lethal force is allowed. But you could maybe use your weapons in creative ways to cause distractions. You could use spells to cause distractions or obstacles, that kind of thing. We haven't got into it yet. We'll find out how well that works. In the Grant Howitt rules, everybody picks a number for what they're going to do in their turn secretly without talking to each other and then declares it all at the same time, <laughs> which I think would be an awesome mechanic. Yeah. But I can't see how we're going to do that. It's just not going to work. And also, I think you guys are going to you're going to want to discuss between you. Well, you you can coordinate. Obviously, if you're running the entire crew, you can just know what each player is going to do and can coordinate very easily. So yes. that would give you an unfair advantage, methinks. That's true. Not that I even not that I'd even thought of that. Mm. So you know, that's how little of a tactical genius you're up against here. Right. You're going to win. Basically, you're going to guarantee. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll initiative at the beginning of the round. The winner of initiative gets to make choices about what to do so a little bit like the submarine combat or a starfighter combat winning initiative gives you the opportunity to wait to see what your opponent does before you commit so for example the winner of initiative can wait for the other team to declare what they're doing in terms of accelerate break whatever mm. before they decide what they're doing they can also decide whether or not to move before or after. So we have that declaration phase. Then we have a movement phase. They can also decide whether or not to move before or after their opponent. And there are advantages to moving second. If you encounter an obstacle or a sharp turn, the test to make that sharp turn is made at advantage if you've seen another competitor negotiate the same obstacle. There are, of course, obviously reasons to move first, especially when you're rushing down the final straight, neck and neck towards the lighthouse, which is our finish point. And then finally, you've declared the actions. So people who decide that they're going to take an action, I don't know what that might be, and we're going to, that's going to be the stickiest bit of the rules. We run those at the end, and they're all done simultaneously, I would say. Yeah, just like Starfinder or... So you move first, combat. and then you do your actions. Yeah, so it goes declaration, movement, actions. If that doesn't work, fine. We'll change the rules as we go. Right, let's roll initiative. I'm Graham. rolling for Cross and his crew. Graham's rolling for us. Uh, I have a number. Yeah. By the way, we need the... Dire ball rules, um, and I 
roll. A <laughs> 19. I roll a 22 for initiative. I rolled a 16. So you must declare first what you would like to do with your turn. And I will frantically find the rules for dire bores. Each because of we're going to need them. Yeah, you can decide between yourselves. How many of you want to goad? All of us. At the moment, you're standing still. Four, four goaders. Yeah. So you've got four goaders and you've got one other person. If Looking at the track, dear reader, it's a straight to begin our challenge. I'm going to cast a spell. Has anybody got grease? I've got a great spell. How wide is the road? Wide enough. I think if at any point that you cast a spell with anything other than a sort of personal area, we can say that it effectively affects the entire track. So if you're, for example, angling a grease spell, you want to cast it behind you as you travel, I think we would say that irrespective of how wide the street is, that grease spell is an obstacle because somebody would have to go round it. So I'm thinking wall of force. (laughs) I was thinking that too. You can try casting a wall of force? Yeah. But are they going to be able to move around it? That's the question. Well, we have to be in front of them. Yes, we have to be in front of them. And we might be behind them this round. Yes. Who's free from goading? Well, I'm goading. Got... Who, who isn't goading? I'm not goading. I'm going to do a spell. What spell are you going to do? I was thinking banishment. <laughs> it's non-lethal. <laughs> do a banishment was... on the boar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that gets the whole thing over very quickly. I mean, it's yeah. a concentration. I was worth a try. Yeah, I mean, after a minute, we'll, I don't know if we'll be all the way around, but no, because if it's a four-minute mile and it's two miles, we would have been one-eighth of the way around the track by the time the ball comes back. And it, they would have mm. fallen on yeah. the floor. The ball's got to make a saving spell. Charisma saving, saving spell. spell. Yeah, yeah. Saving throw. Yep. I mean, I was, I was thinking levitate on some of the people on the back of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> seconds remain. Yeah, so pause. Well, four of us need to... Okay, and everyone else... Paul, are you sure that the banishment will affect something of that size? You have looked at the spell, I'm assuming. Range 60 foot, one creature that you can see. Okay. You don't get the sense that the Cross and crew are particularly together in terms of spells and stuff. It looks like they're just interested in riding a ball around the city as fast as possible. Their actions, they're they're going to accelerate as much as they can, and they're going to hold an action in reserve. Next, it's movement. So do they go first or second? They are going to go second. That's what they would do. Again, I'm not going to second-guess stuff too much. So we can accelerate <laughs> accelerate the maximum, which is four. Yeah. So four hexes. Yep. And then they move four. They're going to be in the same hex as you, effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then who's got an action? I've got an action. Paul. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to cast... Try it. Banishment. Okay, so they've got to make a saving throw. Let me just get the Diabore stats up. Charisma's DC 16. It needs an absolutely stupendous number, which it is not going to make. Uh, no, it doesn't. It disappears. Yeah. 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 It disappears. Big <laughs> 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 cross. And the just and the other three cronies just sort of drop down onto the bridge as you speed away. You banish the target okay. to a harmless demiplane. While there, the target yeah. is incapacitated. The target remains there until the spell ends. At which point the yep. target reappears in the space it left. They're never going to catch you up. So you can cruise off. You can effectively go at whatever speed you want. You don't need to worry about making complicated turns. <laughs> the ball yeah. will come back into existence. Are they not even going to try and run after us or fire spells at it? A minute's worth of movement is effectively ten rounds of movement. You are going to be so far round that there is no point in them. They will reappear as you're sort of rounding back down the way of the Queen Marshal. You see them standing out in the road looking cross by the time you come back round. Yeah. And their boar will just appear in the middle of the bridge like a minute later. Yep. By then they'll have wandered off disconsolate. They wander back to <laughs> the Wolf Fountain and they start wandering back up the way of the Queen Marshal towards the pub. Wave at them. Yeah. <laughs> The crowd... Laugh. Uh, crowd go wild. Uh, well... Start laughing, Give me an surely. insight check. Oh, yeah. Okay, insight. Ooh. Very good. 23, yeah. It's a little bit more nuanced yeah. than you might expect. Frostanger is a pretty straightforward city, populated by a pretty straightforward bunch yeah. of people. Don't I say like straightforward, they're all criminal the rules, whatever. They don't mind a bit of chicanery. But you think the crowd is split. Half the crowd were looking forward to seeing a good, solid race. Yeah. 
and think that this is just typical Southerners <laughs> with their clever ways. And you get a few glowering looks. There's the occasional grumble. Yeah. But the other half find it extremely amusing that Bacrus, who is regarded as being a puffed-up bombast, <laughs> uh, has been brought low and has been kind of outsmarted. Bear in mind that the whole point of it was for him to prove that he was best mm. and that you weren't really great adventurers of great repute. Well, you've just kind of completely done him in the first 30 seconds. But there's no change in your authority points. Okay. No. Okay. And he, he doesn't look like he's in the mood to concede, put it that way. Yeah. For all his bluster, a fair contest that he had lost would have earned you his grudging respect. Mm. But he's just resentful now. Best of three? He looks cheated. I don't think it's a good idea. This is meant to be a test of skill and... Uh, it was. Dexterity and the ability to handle one's animal and not some kind of silly, puffed-up, southern rubbish thing with a choir boy and some... Whatever that lizard thing is doing, um, you know, messing about with stuff. I, 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 I'm not interested in within the rules. Of any of those kinds of shenanigans. I think I'm going to go and get myself a nice, solid, dependable pint of beer and get solidly, dependably drunk. <laughs> and that's what he does. He wanders off into the ogre's hideout. So did we offer him a rematch? Yeah, he's not interested. You get the sense that he's too worried that he will be made a fool of again in the same way. <laughs> Make clucking noises. <laughs> yeah. Let's go and get Edwardy fancy a dinner of chicken. That stops him in his tracks. He turns around and he says, no, no, no. No, no, no. The real bravery is an honest competition. That wasn't honest. Honest and brave and dexterous competitors with skill. That was. Not some modern piece of sorcery that gets you out somehow of having to face any actual danger again. Which you would no, have no, done no. if you had it was with- chance yourself. No, no, absolutely Within not. the rules. No, 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 that was never our intention, no. Pompous no. old fool. Somebody give me an insight check. 19, 19 sessions. He's winning this argument in front of the crowd. Yeah. Mm. You're telling him he's a chicken now <sighs> for not having a rematch, yeah. and they're yeah, like, we, oh, come we, we won't do that. You know, we won't do that again. We've made our point, but... No, 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 no. I no, don't think you can be not. trusted as far no. as you can be thrown. And, right. uh, didn't well, know, within the rules. What, we, what did we do against the rules? Yeah, I think against the rules. It's about honour. Yeah. It's something that you clearly don't understand. Anyway, I'm going to go and have my drink now. Goodbye. Pompous old fool. And for Justin, he and his cronies very grumpily <laughs> wander their way into the pub. Scaly's going to do the loser sign on I the forehead. I you know, think you're, the you're not With helping them. there. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rub it in. Give me another insight <laughs> check. 15 you're really losing people now can you all take one authority <sighs> point off of <sighs> your character sheets he's a liability this lizard yeah you've got minus one yeah. authority point um, scaly to we've still got two I've, I've only got one we had two and, no, no, we had and then we got tickets so we got plus one and now we've got minus one that's right yeah back to two Okay. Back, Back to, to two. from three. And Scaly Tool is on minus yeah. one. Okay. I think we don't let him talk. There's a sort of state of uneasy truce between the two camps now in the ogre's hideout, right? You've got Bacrus and his cronies, uh. cowed, annoyed, and slightly disgraced, but feeling like they are the injured parties. And you lot, who've won a bunch of people over with your cleverness. Pep, what do you want to do now? Well, we want to check out the Dragon's Island. Were we not supposed Anyone to go and better? find Lashona? We try. I mean, we can try, I suppose. Let's try the island. Yeah, let's try the island. It's your next part. I thought that was rather good. Yes. It wasn't a bad idea. It was a bit of a uh, the point, serious... The, the point from our perspective moment. is that it, it was always going to be about authority points, this whole episode. Okay. Don't quite know what they're used for. Don't know what they're for. They're but probably going to have if, some kind of effect when we get to the ball. It will depend the if number we had, of authority If we had points. declined the challenge, we would have lost an authority point probably yeah if yeah. we had won on fair grounds we would have gained another one yeah probably we would have lost one if we'd lost the race yes mm. so three chances to lose one chance to win oh but we have the advantage with our magic probably but anyway well it might not be in the same number you might have got two and lost yeah. one so you don't yes. know what the ratio would have been yeah the island you know where it is it's in the bay it's almost sort of hoppable, I mean, not literally, from a little promontory in the south 
western corner of the city. If you leave through the same gate that you used to get to the plague house, but take a left... Can you ping the, on the map so we know which one we're talking about? Yeah, we're talking about uh, this island Oh, right, here. OK. Weirdly, I thought we were talking about this island up here. The one with a little dock on it and some houses. That is the scary island that you identified on your way in. Oh. When you were on your way in in the sub... You identified this island with its strange, kind of slightly military-looking aspect and docks. Your sense is that that is the base of the Blessed Angels, who are these seem to be these non-corrupted versions of those angels that you met in the ziggurat that swoop above the city, doing Zeech's bidding. Away from that, down to the southwest of the city, there are a couple of islands that your understanding is one of them is called the Traitor's Graves, and it's where heretics and serious criminals are hung up on frames clearly visible to traffic coming in and out of the city as an example not to break the iron rules of prince zeech and they're pretty easy to get to nobody ever goes there why would anybody ever want to go there we're talking about a quick hop in a little skiff or a boat out from the promontory there's a little interstitial island that sits between the mainland and the traitor's graves island uh, and then another little hop over, and before you know it, you'd be there. Let's do it. It looks a little bit barren and a bit icy and a little bit uninteresting, but other than that... Well, let's put you on the main city map, where the scales, I think, are a little bit more kind of manageable. It's about a third to a half of a mile out to the second island. Can we go and hire a little jolly boat? Yeah, of course. You could go to the, go to the wharves... Go to the Angry, near, Rif- Angry Rifter? Yeah, the Angry Rifter, which is the town. Mm-hmm. There's a great rift... A great wound in the world to the north, out in the wilderness. You know of this. And rifters are those adventurers that plunder those depths. And there's actually a a model of one of these characters repelling down the front of the tavern. And you can hire a boat in there. Um, You can ask about the traitor's graves. You could see if you could pick up any rumours. The boat could cost you gold piece down and a couple of silver pieces rental. Something like that. I mean, trivial for you guys. Let's try and pick up some rumours. You want to talk to anybody yes. and ask some around? Mm. Roll me a d4. Yes. One. Did you hear this screaming in the night last week? Um, um, cut last through week. the cold no, air. Yeah, no. I've heard that Zeech's fool spilled hot tea on the prince during one of his capering dances. And Zeech had him boiled alive in front of his courtiers. You can hear the screams all across town. Rumour is... Zeech is engaged a new master of revels. Someone recently arrived from Evenstar, no less. By the name of Talabir, by any chance? Rachnian. Who could possibly know about the entertainment? (laughs) There you go. That's a little rumour. It's a gold piece down as a deposit. A couple of silver pieces rental for a little skiff. Let's go for it. Yeah. 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 Padlat to the bay. Should we get the gold piece back if we bring the boat back in in one piece, yeah? Yeah, that's the deposit. Scaly lights up a cigar, takes in the sea air. Okay. It's a low hummock, mud, rocky soil, but of course everything is hard, frost-covered ground, snow, ice. You have to break ice as you get closer to shore in order to get in. There are tangled patches of undergrowth, wiry shrubs again leafless waiting for summer there are little brackish pools there's the occasional kind of murky pool of water with a little ice crust on it as you pull your boat up onto a little apron of shingle there is an unusually large number of big fat black crows and ravens that look at you tilt-headed as you pass they core away. They hop along the ground where they're hunting bugs and worms. Can we... Um, you can sort of start... Use a survival check to try and find signs of life on the island. Yes. First of all, can everybody give me a constitution saving throw? Hello. Belfort <laughs> <laughs> got 22. Scully is 20. But I might need to roll mine again using my okay. luck. What'd you get? Mm-hmm. I got 12. Doesn't feel like very much, does it? Doesn't, it? no. <laughs> oh, 
I'll give it another go using my... Mm. Ooh, even worse. Mm. 12, okay. 12. So, oh, what dice? 14 for I think Parker. you have to take the new dice, don't you? No, you have to take the... You choose which dice you want to use. Okay. Anybody going to roll for Buggy? Anybody got Buggy's character sheet? You got it, Graham? Hang on. Do we know the DC? You don't even know what it's against. The cold. Anybody within 10 foot of me gets plus three. Well, that's all of us then. 15 and Buggy gets rolled. So that makes it a 17 then. A plus nine. Getting a 22. Okay. Sessions. What are you doing with your 12 or maybe your 15? Oh, well, I'll roll my Oort dice. Sure. Why not? Go for it. Probably won't make any difference. Oh, 17 plus my Oort dice. Fine. It was nothing. It was just... (laughs) It wasn't really... (laughs) It was just an Oort dice soak. It's a little chilly, and it was just a constitution save, just to make sure that you didn't feel the effect of the cold too much. And then you're attacked. It's Royal Initiative <laughs> by the cross and his giant boar. He teleports in. He teleports in on his giant boar. Fuck you! It's got a flamethrower. <laughs> it doesn't smell very nice here. The further inland you go, the more you start looking about, looking for tracks, trying to find signs of anything. Signs of a dragon, signs of life, signs of activity, anything at all the nastier the smell gets. Let's do a group check, an investigation check. So the way that this works is you all make an investigation check, and depending upon how many of you make the DC, you either succeed as a group or fail as a group. Investigation. Let's do that. Oops. Just give me the numbers. I have a 15, DC in mind. 27. 15, 13. 4. 15, 27, 13. 11, 4. 4. Your crap. Mm. Okay, you find something. One of you finds a skiff, just like yours. There are three bodies in the skiff. Let's roll randomly to see who that was. Parker, you discovered the skiff. Mm -hmm. Give me an intelligence check. Oh, 20. You immediately draw a connection between the three bodies in the skiff and the three bodies that you saw hanging from the gallows last night on your way back from the plague house. So they've been taken down from the gallows and dumped here. It's a little odd, though. You'd have thought that who's brought them here and why aren't they hanging on a, on a Y-frame? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That's very weird. I mean, they rode themselves over. Keep trudging around the island. Where are you concentrating your activity? We will concentrate our activity where it is most useful. <laughs> yeah? Do we find anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you, for example, concentrating your search around the area where you found the skiff? Yes. Ah, when you do that, give me a couple <laughs> more investigation checks. Oh, yes, an 18, 18 there. Yeah. A natural 18. From buggy. 20. 17. 18. Yeah, okay, uh, big numbers. That's fine. As you start pouring over the ground around this skiff, it doesn't take one of you long before you find a body. It's a body. Uh, not got a head anymore. Doby. The head has been bitten off. Oh. Oh. The rest of the body is soused in some kind of foul-smelling, acrid, vitriolic substance. It's sort of sizzling away. The clothes have been burnt away. Give me a religion check. Or an intelligence investigation check. Investigation. Using intelligence as the base stat. Nine. Now I'm Mm. seeing some rubbish here. This is dreadful. Okay. What's the highest we've got here? Twelve. Religion. Getting a nine. Oh, well, you think that burnt away though they may be the the vestments that this body is wearing you think they're associated with a sexton of the church of the grey woodsman right so this is Zeech doing what he does and going after the you know that the grey woodsman claims the souls of all the dead in Frostanger and the great cemetery mm-hmm on the thoroughfare, which is known as the Axeman Cometh on the Royal Island, is dedicated to the Grey Woodsman. And it is the uh, acolytes, the sextons of the Grey Woodsman that carry the bodies of the condemned and act as executioners. Oh dear. There may be one or more people responsible for bringing these bodies out to the island, but one of them is lying at your feet, you think. Hmm. Ooh. Um, so, head bitten off, burnt by acid. Dragon. Black mm. dragon. 
advanced. So are we conjecturing that this person bought these three bodies out and before he could do anything with them, he got his head bitten off? Yeah, and possibly another one's being completely consumed. Hmm. Oh, is it possible that these bodies are being brought here to feed this creature? Oh. And it might have gone wrong. Could be. Johnny is awake. Mm. Johnny. <laughs> Brilliant. Somebody get him a cup of coffee and get him... You've been asleep for ages, Johnny. Let's get you sat in your special... Help him up into his special high chair. Okay. You're pretty certain that Ilfane is dead, though. You saw the dead body with... Well, you know, apparently killed uh, by Marcus. Uh, no, Hissy Testabod. Apparently so, yes, we do, I don't think we trust Hesty anymore, do we? Well, that's a separate question, but there was He's definitely dodgy. dead. He's dodgy. Maybe, but a the bit dragon like you saw was definitely dead. Don't trust him. Never did. I think what, what I would kind of say is that you've worked your way round the periphery, the outskirts, the kind of low section of the island that runs round between where you landed your boat and where you found this other boat. But you haven't, obviously, well, I don't want to speak for you, but my sense was that you had started either splitting up or pushing on into the interior of the island. And you certainly hadn't yet seen any Y-frames with any bodies on them. I mean, at least not from here. I want to bash they someone to be- with my new axe. Okay. <laughs> Anyone in particular? You've got any monsters um, around? This, yeah, there's this kind of draconic reptilian, sort of <coughs> bulky person that's just standing there. You, you know. Yeah, try what's it. your name? We've done all of this. Scalio tool. Uh, tool. Okay. I'm not going to do the voices. Do? I haven't figured out which voice he's got yet. It might be actually part of his actual character is that he has <sighs> multiple voices. Just yeah. to get around that. Can you do speak with dead sessions? I don't think it's one I bothered to prepare you didn't no, bother I can't do it the island itself consists of a, a lower apron of foreshore that runs around the entire circumference and then to get into the interior you'd be kind of working your way up through sort of tussocks and little hillocks not really dunes as such it's all quite icy and frosty little flurries of sleet and snow occasionally blow across the sky is quite leaden and then up a little bit, and then you can kind of see where there must be some higher ground and maybe some outcroppings of actual bare rock, granite, or whatever. And we're not talking about a very large island at all. We're talking about something the size of three or four football pitches, something like that. Oh, head up to the summit. Can we use um, like survival or something to discern tracks? Or? You can. You can give me an intelligence. I think it's is it wisdom or intelligence for survival? Wisdom. Well, uh, I, with survival checks, you could start working your way around trying to find tracks. Yep, where you are, for example. 17? That's good enough. You can pick out, I wouldn't call it well-worn, but it's definitely a distinct trail or pathway that seems to run up from where you found this abandoned skiff with the bodies on it and seems to run relatively close to where you found the body of this sexton and then heads off into the interior of the island. Pointed out to um, Buggy. Follow it. Okay. On you go. The ground rises under your feet. Do we have a map? Don't have a map yet. No, there's, there's all theatre of the mind. There's a relatively steep climb up to... It plateaus out as you reach the interior. And you find there's sort of brackish pools of water. You know when you're clambering around on a, on a Cumbrian fell? Mm-hmm you get those little rivulets that run through the tussocks of sedge and whatever, grass and moss and so forth, that eventually sort of settle down into sort of rather seepy little kind of mini streams that then run down and actually become something significant. Well, there's a bit of that going on. Meltwater, rainwater collecting. It seems a little off. It smells a little off. It smells a little metallic and a little acrid as you're kind of clambering, semi-clambering, semi hiking up the further you climb the more twisted and tangled the undergrowth becomes there is bracken again all kind of frost rhymed there are kind of tenacious little plants bent over kind of permanently by the prevailing wind direction twisted branches they get thicker and thicker it becomes more and more difficult to progress where water has settled, it's become kind of stinking, reeking black mud. It's becoming increasingly unpleasant. But your little trail that you've found picks its way rather neatly, avoiding the hillocks and bumps up and up until you really start to encounter 
bare areas of rock. Again, frost-rhymed, slippery, slick. And it starts to get quite foggy as you climb into the middle. It's like it seems a little unnatural. It seems a little bit low. It's not just got a low cloud and mist on a cold day. It seems a little bit denser than you would normally expect. You are now up and right in the heart of the island, and it flattens out. And looming out of the mist as you tentatively explore forwards come these figures, these forms, strung up on these Y-frames. They're all wreathed in mist, and Mm -hmm. what do you want to do? You feel like you've reached the heart of the island where the Y-frames are. Any more tracks? The tracks tend to spread out at this point. They become more diffuse. Your instinct is that... One moment. Oh, let's put you on a map. On a map map. On a map map. Nice. I've got a Death Ward cast on myself, by the way. The trail that you've been following splits up and spreads out. Clearly, this is the point at which whoever it is that is porting these bodies up here, they spread out in order to do their work. No sign of a dragon. The island doesn't seem big enough, to be honest. If you're thinking of a dragon lair as being some sort of great cave... You Any know, beasts around? No rats or a small creature I can talk to? There are crows all over the place. Oh, I need to touch it. They're kind of hopping about on the ground. Like how, how funny. Looking for some rabbit holes or something. How easy do you want me to make it for you? You're going to have well, to catch one. You can grab a crow. Okay. I can look through their eyes and uh, use their senses. Yeah. I think you could talk to them and you find out what they've seen. Yeah, you can. You've got to speak with animals. Speak with animals. I won't yeah. make you make a perception check, chaps, but you got the sense of something big just kind of passed above you in the mist, in the fog. Uh-huh. There was a sort of beating of wings or a... The sense of mass um, and, mo- and motion. Is it invisible, this creature, do you think? There's a dragon somewhere around here, isn't there? Just invisible. Well, we we think this is Ilfane's island, but we think Ilfane's dead. Right. But exactly. Do we think it's just Hesty is an evil guy and made us think it's dead, and actually it wasn't? Maybe. Did we double check that it was dead? <laughs> Probably not. Friend guide storyteller. It was dead. Okay. It was dead, and its name was crossed out in the ledger of the Ebon tribe that you found in the shrine. Yeah. And the rumour that you'd heard separately from other people in Frostanger since you got here, is that Ilfane, the Black Dragon, servant of the Airborne Triad, rumoured to lair somewhere near the city, was dead. So you think dead? Yeah, we think dead. Whatever the hell that thing was that just went over your heads in the fog, it's probably not Ilfane. Well, there was a red dragon, wasn't there, in the mm. that jungle thing, in the visions. In there the visions, was. Which was bigger, wasn't it? Ilfane was reporting to it, I think. Mm. I think this sounds, is all about sound very law and against chaos, isn't it? Chaos being chaos. Yeah, by the way, Paul, uh, three of the kind Cloudwater, a special brew. Oh, very nice. Belma, Citra and Sabro hops. Oh. It's not bad. It's got a very sort of distinctive taste. What are they called? Arbor Ales do um, something called My Sabroni, I think it's called, or whatever. Oh, yes. Which is a great beer. Sabro hops, a very sort of distinctive flavour. Anyway, sorry chaps, only Paul and I are interested in that. On we go. So <laughs> the entrance could be in the water. We should stop. So dragons can take human form, Trying right? to find a way to get under the ground, shouldn't we, really? Am I can wrong? They? It, can they not? I'm not sure if that's this game. Talking about, <laughs> <laughs> about 20 or 30 years ago. Old D&D, I and I must confess, I have not looked at the stats of, like, super ancient dragons. Mm. But certainly powerful ancient dragons in old D&D and like AD&D could assume human form, yeah. Is the water sulfurous? Uh, you know, like, a, is it volcanic? Are we in a volcanic area? Is it sulfurous? Certainly is there a red dragon in a fiery cave somewhere? doesn't smell of sulfur, doesn't smell of bad eggs. It smells acrid, it smells acidic. So what I'm vitriolic. If there's somewhere here with an entrance big enough for a dragon to get through... For it to not be discovered, it's probably underwater would be my guess. But if they can change into human form, then you don't need something that big. Silence. Mm. How long is it going to take us to thoroughly scour this area? Searching for hidden entrances? I would say that... I mean, we've got an hour, right? No probs, surely. 
It's like early in the morning. Or... Yeah, if you were to spend an hour in the area immediately around you, where the wireframes are, like the central highland point mm-hmm. of the island, I think you'd feel that you had properly looked everywhere. Yeah. I'll grab a crow and uh, ask it if it's seen <laughs> oh. any creatures. It just goes, ah! And are there I any... speak to it. Are there any hidden entrances or... Yes. You gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with beasts for the duration. Ten minutes. Okay. I have knowledge and awareness. It's limited by their intelligence. But at a minimum, beasts can give you information on nearby locations, monsters, including whatever they can perceive or have perceived within the past day. I'm also doing a beast sense. I can see through its eyes and ears. You can see through its ears. Okay. So I'll let it fly around a bit after I say, can you go... Well, I'll ask him. Yes. Sorry. Repeat the question. <laughs> any I got big, lost, Any I? big dragons around here? Big, big flying creatures? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, dragons, yes. Big creatures, yes. Where? Uh, 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 I'm in the clouds. Where does it land? It. It. Ah, ah. Them? Yes, more than it. How many? How many? many? many oh, oh, I can't count. <laughs> Mathematics is a mystery to me. <laughs> My brain is the size of a Maltese. <laughs> Hang on, if there's all these dragons, I mean, why has this sort of never been talked about in the bar and when we were in the pub and stuff? I mean... Well, maybe Dan's right. Maybe they're humans and they're people coming and bringing the bodies and taking the bodies away, going away again, although actually the dragons are human. Anyway, this crow thinks... Or maybe that, um, you're... Um, how, how often do these things... That- Asking whether that big thing that just came past over our heads is that one of the dragons? Yeah, I'll say that. Oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Where's it going? I've seen him change form. Yes. Have you seen change? a big dragon turn into something like me? Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, uh. You see, my husband. Uh? Zeech could be a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> is there a Barring hidden way control, into the, the ground? Is there a way to go into the ground? Hidden way? The what? Where's the pit? The pit. The pit. Uh, Where's uh, the pit? Where's the pit? Uh, let me fly free. Let me find my husband. I'll show you. Uh, got to find my husband, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give it some food. What's your name? Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> yes, it is. Cheryl. Obviously. Very good. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Give us a song, then. All I want to do is have some fun. What's your favourite bite? <laughs> <sighs> Give it some food. Yeah, I'll give it a bit of bread or something. Bread? Plenty of old meat here. <laughs> Let it I mean, go. There's a couple of other crows picking away at the bodies on the Y-frames. Like, bread is not... You know, let it go. Let's see where it goes. No, where's the pit? Come on, buggy. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Let's find the pit. Yes, I'll let it go. Where's the pit? Some... Come on. Where's the pit? It hops over to your south. Mm-hmm. Not far, actually. In a little kind of gathering where there are three Y-frames near a rocky escarpment in a tree it starts bouncing around on the ground the pit pit right we'll go over there ah. so first of all it hops up throw it something more brain. than just more than just bread so it you... starts picking at bits of flesh off a body right okay head over uh, being careful not and start walking searching into a it... disguised pit doesn't look like there's a pit looks like there's nothing it just looks like same tangled frosty undergrowth as everywhere else me check for an illusion Stop prodding around. Dispel magic. I will right. cast dispel magic. magic. I will oh, I magic. I'll cast detect magic, magic Mike. Mm-hmm. God, we're amateurs. Where was the crow pecking? Stand there, and I'm going to detect yeah, magic yeah, here. Yeah. When you run your detect magic over the ground around you, there's something going on. There's a weird necromantic aura. There's something going on with it, though. There's some other element to it, something that you're not able to identify and the area around where the crow was hopping about seems to be a concentration of that aura give me a perception check yeah that's not a it's not one of my 13 13's good enough you notice that the water the brackish rivulets that you're splashing around in they seem to be running into nothing roughly where you're standing like they're disappearing into a i don't know into a hole or a gap or something I will unsheath my massive chopper and mm-hmm. I will start kind of prodding it into the ground around where this water is disappearing. 
Give me a an investigation check. No, I got a five. No. But there we go. Yeah. Did anybody else do an investigation check or just Paul? Paul was prodding about in this ground. Yeah, uh, four, you're I rolled. Prodding around. It's a four. Yeah. You don't find anything? Parker, no. Right, we stand back a bit and somebody does a dispel magic on it. Sessions? Really? No. Can I try investigating first? You sure, yeah. Well, it's a bit more like it. In total? Yep. Uh, nothing leaps out at you. I mean, apart from I will killer have go. frog that rips out your throat and you're dead. I will have a go. Character. 20. Burple. Let everybody sighs <laughs> in frustration with everybody else. As soon as he starts digging about, there's like a thunk and then another thunk. And he's found there's something solid under that first layer of whatever that's not rock. Right. It thuds like wood or something. Okay. Open it. Bug raft open. Great. Dig Actually, it I'll, get my, I'll get my protector to open it. You're going to find the edges? So, uh, Scalio 2 was yeah, your gonna, Scalio protector. Scalio 2 is my protector, yeah. He's my or we could get guardian. the junior cleric. So, I'll get my shield guardian to do it. Or the junior cleric, either one. The altar boy. The altar boy. Are you clearing the scrub, <laughs> clearing the bracken and the foliage and all of the twisted little Yeah, chop it away with my huge axe. Okay. <laughs> it's obvious that there is a quite sharply delineated square feature, very artfully concealed beneath a kind of masking layer of tussock and squadge and moss and whatever. At its edges, you can see that the water is flowing down the edges. Do you want to try and lift it? Yeah, I'll try and lift it if someone helps. Yeah, we can all sort of try and lever at the edges. What's your max lift? Push, drag or lift a weight in pounds up to twice your carrying capacity yeah. or 30 times your strength score. It's like <sighs> he can't lift it. Can we fashion a lever from something? Yeah, I'll give it a go. Or we all line up on one edge. And yeah. Then all Toes is going to give it Those of you? Yeah. 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 Well, as soon as you've got two or three of you in the effort, yeah. you find the right side, which is the northern side, and you can lift it, and you open up a shaft. It's dark. Water trickles down the inside of it from where you are, drops down. Who's got dark vision? Me. Oh, me. Yeah. Me. It drops down about... 50 or 60 feet, you think. Pretty much to the extent of your dark vision. And then you can see that there's a rough cavern floor that is being constantly rained upon because this acrid water that is running past your feet is joined by a couple of ingress points of streams or little rivulets or cuts of water that spray out further down the shaft and it all collects and runs down. Kind of feels like a subterranean dragon lair. Yeah, it does. With a nice More than one dragon. of dragons. More than one dragon. Well, maybe. Or it might be drakes or something. You know, smaller dragons. Hmm. Or wivens. Wivens. I remember what wivens do. I think they're poisonous stings. If one was in the hole looking up, one would see the elongated reptilian snout of scaly tool, Leo Sayer-like a silhouette of Uncle Buggy and the pyramid-shaped <laughs> bonts of Parker Hacker looking down at you. I'd be scared, even if I was a dragon. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I don't mind going down if I get a lift off sessions. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like going at the front. Yeah, if you don't mind, give me a lift on your broom, sweepstake. Mm. Or is that a bit dodgy? Is that what you're doing? I'll definitely help you down. Going down requires lowering a rope. Or, or can we fly down the middle You have wings of flying, well, don't just, you now, Parker? Well, I, I do, but what I'm saying is, can I... But also, for purposes of this, if you're saying it's 60 feet down, yes. then I can literally just walk down the wall in one move. You want to do that? Everybody else coming? Uh, but if yeah, I fly... I get a lift. I'll give you a lift once someone tells me it's safe at the bottom. Is it possible to climb down? straight down the walls like yeah. Tom Cruise yeah what's the walls made of stone it's obviously very slick and wet especially further down is it rough hewn with a rope it would be yeah well I'll, I'll go I'll go down to the bottom then you're going to walk down yeah. the side of the thing I'll be back in two secs so I'm just going to feed the cat <laughs> is that what you're saying to them <laughs> yes or is you 
Okay. Well, they're, they're slightly confused. confused. I didn't oh. realize there's a cat around here. Oh, the cat in the I command center. A cat. I pick Sorry. One. We have a cat in the command center, dear reader. Let's move you on to another map. Tell you what you can see. Fuck, you've got dark vision, whaty what? Yes. No, <laughs> look, uh, what's, the, what's the range of your dark vision, Parker? 60 foot. Let's put Parker in. Ooh. This is what we like. On the map, I've indicated where this pit is embedded in the ceiling. But at the base of the pit, it all unravels. It's no longer a clearly constructed shaft. And you drop down, Parker, into a into a, like a little bay or nook in a cavern. The water around you, you can feel actually that kind of burning sensation. Something that Buggy's very familiar with. <laughs> as you're splashed by the, um, the flow of water that increases as you head towards the bottom. The air is kind of heavy with this bitter, stinging, acrid stench. There's a kind of chemical tang. Are you dropping down onto the floor? I guess so, yeah. The walls of the cavern oozing a mixture of rock and packed earth with a tangled mess of roots, mud and stone. The roots are kind of blackened, withered. Water is dripping constantly down the walls, collecting in a set of pools that cover the floor. Directly in front of you, there is a large pool of water that seems to be, if anything, more concentratedly acrid and sharp than the water that you've encountered above ground. And then there's a ridge of slightly higher ground, and then in the northern part of the chamber, there is a sludgy, even more viscous pool of gunge and mould and rubbish. And between those two pools, every now and again, because of the flow of water around you, they seem to sort of intermingle. Perhaps it is the pool in the northern part of this cavern that is spoiling the purity of the water in the main pool that you're standing next to. Does any of that make any sense? Yeah, but at the moment I'm not actually feeling any. Although no. it's like acrid there's no and actual, not very there's no pleasant. dice rolls. And if no that's what you're asking, actual effect. Yeah. No actual effect. Now you can see a couple of higher areas. One off to the northwest of the cavern. And then you can see off to the east of the cavern, where you just step out, your sense is that it might open up to your right. Off to the east of the cavern, you can see that there's a raised area. On that raised area, there is stuff. There are old barrels. They don't look like they're in particularly decent repair, and they don't look like they're in use. They look like they're open. Some of them have been broken and shattered. There are smashed crates. You can see what looks like the edge of a workbench directly to your north, Parker in your field of vision. Looks like there may be some kind of alchemical or chemical equipment, retorts and flasks and whatever, mostly smashed or in a state of disrepair. Otherwise, it just looks like general junk on the other shelf. And there's an acid dragon in the pool. No, there's nothing in the pool. There's nothing at all. Completely quiet. All is dark. The only reason you can see anything is because of your dark vision. I'll go back up. Okay. Do you want to be buried do down, do, Uncle chaps? Buggy? I think we all have to go down together. Yeah, you can burn me down. He's going to jump out. How tall is the um, chamber, Mike? At its height in the centre, it's about 12 foot. Mm-hmm. In the alcove that Parker was standing in, it's more like 7 or 8 feet. He can stand up comfortably. Okay, so I will fly Buggy down and then fly slightly back up the shaft, so about okay. 15 foot up we're the back shaft. To where we're back into familiar territory. Do you want to give me a lift, okay, Sessions? So sessions, give me a lift. Uh, is it 60 foot down? Let's say it's 50 feet to the base of the shaft, and then you've got the little cavern that it opens into, so close enough. Okay, so then I'll fly back up to collect... Um, scaly tool. Scaly tool. And then you're going to loiter? Yeah. How far up? Oh, about 15 feet. What I'm going to do is I'm going to place you on the map, Sessions, but I'm going to just stick you off to one side let me open up a little bit more map so that we can find a little parking area for you i think that seems like the answer and then at the surface still way above you out in the cold misty foggy air we have purple i'll go back down at the same time as i'll work my way around the rock so buggy you're working your way north and that reveals the rest of this chamber to you do you need to lift down um purple i'll fly down okay you can see that you've got effectively three areas that are slightly were slightly obscured from Parker as he came out. One is just an area, an alcove. It's at the same level as the cavern floor. To the northwestern corner, you've got 
smashed up bits and then most of the northeastern area of this cavern is a on a raised shelf and there there are definitely benches with alchemical and chemical equipment now a couple of things happen the first thing that happens is that that pool to the north of the cavern floor starts to bubble and move and form and rise to produce the form of a creature mm. i'm going to show you that creature now i have a picture for you you're doomed you're doomed all right, I'll close the lid. Sliding up onto Ooh, itself, oh, quickly shit. filling out into nice. the form of a lumbering, almost draconic formed beast. The body is semi-translucent and gelatinous, and streamers of acid drip from oh. its flanks to sizzle on the acid. ground and to splash into the pool around it. Some of these strands writhe and crack like whips in the air and its long neck ends in a disturbing tangle of skulls some human some draconic and some something in between it hisses and turns to you but purple on the surface oh god you hear in unison three croaking but sing-song voices <laughs> like this from behind you oh fuck and you sense giant forms emerging from the air, from the mist above you. They sing out in unison, Have you found the home of our mother? And draconic black forms strike down towards you. Uh, we will find out. You're doomed. <sighs> Which of you is in the most trouble? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Johnny. We we pick things up. Not me. <laughs> Next week. Nasty. Mm, nasty. Nasty. Come on, two fronts, mm, like, no, I lovely. don't think so. I don't think so. They're singing. Mm. Normally a sign of niceness. <laughs> The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Prince of Red Hand and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Prince of Red Hand was written by Richard Pett. Music is from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.